Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Joe Porter. In the program this week, we talk to the Chiefs and former all-black halfback Brendan Leonard about his World Cup aspirations. We catch up with Athletics New Zealand's high-performance manager ahead of the National Track and Field Championships. We find out what the all-blacks are doing for Christchurch during the World Cup. And we ask the Warriors captain Simon Mannering why the NRL side have made such a slow start to the 2011 season. The Chiefs halfback Brendan Leonard made an incredible start to his career, seemingly coming from nowhere to usurp the All Blacks' regular first-choice halfbacks Jimmy Cowan, Andy Ellis and Piti Wepu. However, since his meteoric rise, the number nine has been blighted by injury in almost every season he's played. Saturday night will mark Leonard's 50th Super Rugby game in Chiefs colours against the Blues in Hamilton, and Barry Guy caught up with the halfback to talk about injuries, his all-black dreams, and whether it will make a difference playing without the Chiefs' regular first five, Stephen Donald. No, not at all. At this stage, I've sort of played most of my uh, Chiefs um, rugby inside Stephen, but uh, obviously I've played a lot with, um, with Mike as well, so it's, um, no, it's just a case of... A little few changes during the week and getting a little bit of combination, used to the different combination this week, but um, I'm pretty sure that it's, I'm pretty happy it's all sorted now, so just looking forward to Saturday. Pretty much uh, Ian Foster has kept the same lineup except for a couple of injury replacements. Uh, is that good, having the same combinations uh, for a couple of weeks now? Yeah, I mean, definitely. So it's sort of, um, yeah, helps for sort of. Work on those uh, those combinations, get them get them sort of. We're not playing our our best rugby, but to give them a, another chance again to um, put a performance down the field is, is I guess definitely a, a positive. Uh, you say you're not playing your best rugby, but you still managed to win last week. Uh, knowing how to win, obviously, is is good enough. Yeah, exactly. We um, obviously a very good Sharks team, so in the week, so it was a good uh, definitely a good win for for our boys and. I just say we sort of uh, in the past we've sort of lost those close games, so it's definitely, I guess it's a, it's a learning, knowing how to win close games, especially with a lot And so, what do you put down? You know, you say perhaps people have said you had a bit of a slow start, but you weren't far off. Do you feel things are working well now? Yeah, no, definitely. We're slowly getting off. We're not not playing our uh, our best football that we've played, but um, we, I think we're not far off. Obviously, it's a little a little few things that. That we can fix to to help to help our game out. So it's you know it's definitely positive. We just got to make sure we keep working on those little little areas that we need to improve on. Are you impressed with how the Blues are going? Yeah, definitely. They're um, playing some great footage, so it's um, yeah, it's not going to be easy for us on on Saturday night. They're going to come down here and want to take the points away. So it's, we just got to make sure we you know, somehow stop their uh, the 22 potential threats that they have on on the on pass. Especially that game against the Hurricanes, they managed to retain the ball and sort of get some progress going, but then they also pounce on turnovers. So they seem to have most options sort of covered, don't they? Yeah, so you know, played extremely well, and um, you know, so they've, they've got attacking flair all, all around the park. So it's going to be 
going to be make sure it's going to be a tough game for us. As you say, we've got to make sure we retain possession, don't give them those those easy opportunities. For someone that's around the scrum and uh, ruck and that pl- spends plenty of time there, um, a good battle for your Lucy's, do you think? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, also for uh, Jerome and the likes, it's um, not going to be an easy challenge for us. But we got, but you know, we I think we're improving each week, so take some confidence out of that and. I think our loose scores are definitely improving, so we just got to make sure we we keep improving this weekend. And being at home, though, I mean, you haven't had great crowds. Uh, you know, if you, if they don't come in for the Blues, there must be something wrong. Do you think? No, I, I mean it's been awful weather, so uh, to be perfectly honest, if I wasn't playing, I probably wouldn't come either. So it's it's, it's obviously it's um, not ideal, but you know we definitely uh, have good support. You know, it doesn't matter how many people come through the gates. You know, it's, uh, we get good support around town, so it's um. So make sure whether they're here or watching on TV, we um, put a good performance on for them. What will be the key to beating the Blues? I think, as I said before, it's not giving them those easy opportunities on our turnovers. We've got to make sure we retain the ball, not give up the ball through easy mistakes, so we can sort of control that a little bit more than what we have been doing. And hopefully that minimises their chances to score points. And if we hold on the ball, ball pressure and... Hopefully, come out points for ourselves. What about you? How do you think uh, the season started for you? Yeah, not too bad. I was some, I guess, some, always my own worst critics. So I'm just trying to uh, look at it in a positive light and make sure that I'm still working hard on my areas I need to improve on and just trying to um, get better each week. I'm definitely not uh, disappointed with how I'm going. So it's just got to, as I say, just keep building up and making sure that uh, my strength. My years of strength, I'm, I'm still improving, so it should be, should be, um, should we all go from there? And your fiftieth game, special night for you? Yeah, it's been. Uh, I'd be lying if I was there. Wasn't probably uh, what if I, if I hadn't been thinking about it. So it's um, now it'll be a, be a nice occasion. I it's um, it'll be nice to get a win and celebrate it in style. But uh, we just got to make sure we um, like I said, make sure I concentrate on the job in hand first. You might have done it a bit quicker, but your, your career has been blighted with a, f- a few injuries. You had, you had a fair bit of time off there for a while, didn't you? Yeah, I missed the uh, second half of 2008. The knee problem, but there was sort of 2009, I was sort of, uh, I think it was made the final, I sort of missed the, missed the big game through hamstring injury. So, But apart, apart from that, you know, last year I played every game for the Chiefs, and then it was just a uh, concussion at the end of the white season that sort of kept me out. So the body's been going pretty well the last sort of. 12 to 18 months, so I just got to have confidence in that. And, and uh, World Cup squad later this year, you'd be keen to get back into that? Oh, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? But, uh, no, definitely, obviously, it's a um, big year for the, uh, for the All Blacks, so I'd love to be a part of it. It's just, you know, as, he, as everyone knows, there's, uh, there's a lot of candidates for the number nine jersey, so it's going to be a um, good players will miss out, so it's just a matter of making sure I probably just concentrate on what I can do for the Chiefs first and foremost, and we'll, whatever happens from there will happen from there. Yeah, I suppose that's the thing about playing the other New Zealand franchises all the time is because pretty much every one of them has uh, an all-black halfback and, and you've got a, another one of those this weekend and Albie, who's, uh, who has been playing well. Yeah, exactly right. And you know, He was on, on the all-blacks environment last year, so he's, uh, he's on top of his game. So we've got to make sure that we stop his running game, which he's very good at, and he's shown last week again. So we've got to make sure we everyone's clued into that and... And make sure he doesn't um, carve us up through the middle. Brendan Leonard.
Christchurch rugby fans finally have some news to celebrate with the announcement the All Blacks will train in the city during the World Cup. The Garden City was recently stripped of its World Cup quarterfinals and pool games after last month's earthquake left AMI Stadium significantly damaged. I spoke to manager and Sumner resident Darren Shand about what the All Blacks are going to do for their many Christchurch fans and how he's been coping personally following the devastating quake. Pretty straightforward decision for, you know, for a whole lot of reasons and um, the earthquake certainly made it very easy in that sense but um, it's also good for us too because it'll give some variety to our, our programme um, over those two months. Um, we you know, end up spending a lot of time in the North Island or we could end up spending a lot of time in the North Island so uh, plus we've got a you know good number of Canterbury people in the in the group as well, so it ticks a whole lot of boxes really. What exactly are you guys going to be doing in in the five days you're spending down there? Oh, we've still got a reasonably important match to prepare for. We play France at the end of the week, uh, so that'll obviously be a big focus. But um, as we do, and every week that we're in um, one of the cities that we play, and we always you know, ensure that we've got a, a decent sort of community involvement. So um, we have a finalise those details yet but we'll certainly be looking to create some opportunity where the team can interact with the with the fans and the community and um, we've run some pretty successful events particularly last year with the fans so we're just really looking to, to do something like that and, and obviously take a bit of guidance from, from the local people as well about what, what they'd like as well. You guys obviously were always quite hopeful that you'd be able to involve Christchurch in some way considering uh, they've missed out on some of those games. Yeah, oh absolutely. I think um, you know as soon as we heard that decision. We, we felt we had to come up with some way of um, of getting ourselves down here. So it um, wasn't wasn't a particularly hard decision at all. Have you spoken to to Richie and Dan? They must be quite pleased to be able to take something back coming from the Garden City. Yeah, I, I think, you know, not only those two, but you know, there's a good number of um, people in the group from from Christchurch, and and uh, we've all had to cope with a tough six months, really. So I think for all of us that are from here, it's it's just good to come back and, and be connected with the people that support you and, um, and, and the general you know, the province generally which has always been really supportive of rugby. How has it been for you personally dealing with last month's earthquake and I guess all the repercussions of that? Personally well, we're not living here at the moment we've been living up in Hawke's Bay because we, uh, we live in the Sumner area which was pretty badly affected so um, we're hoping to come back in a, in a couple of weeks um, or so so yeah it has been hard I mean we were lucky where we our, our place particularly, but certainly around us, there's a lot of um, a lot of destruction in the area that we live. So it certainly hit us a lot harder than the first one did. It can be quite surreal for some people who aren't from the Christchurch region or who haven't experienced it firsthand or with their own eyes to, to see some of the damage that was down there. But quite overwhelming for someone that's from there, obviously returning. Yeah, it is really. I think um, you can't help but see the damage when you drive around, and um, it really is substantial. So uh, I think for most people, it's particularly people that are on the, in the city part of town or on the east side, it's, it's really it's struck them really, really deeply. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a... Uh, personally, it's been, re- it's been really difficult, you know. Your, your concentration's just... Your attention's not there. <laughs> you're sort of in crisis and you're not, and you're trying to work and got all these things to sort out as well. So it has been, it's been a pretty challenging time. It certainly puts the sort of trivialities of day-to-day life into perspective. Yeah, it does, you know, and... Um, I guess what's nice is that rugby can be a good, uh, good impact for people, a positive thing for people, and um, take away some of the, the bad stuff and by giving them some good times. So hopefully that's what we'll achieve by being down here, and you know, particularly the kids that are involved in rugby and those that are really interested in rugby will get a real kick out of uh, seeing their team 
um, representing, you know, not only this area but the whole country down there. Obviously, Christchurch and Canterbury are a huge stronghold of New Zealand rugby and, and the fans down there, some of the, the best supporters in, in the country, I guess they can feel slightly more happy after having those games taken away from their city and they can get out and be involved in this All Blacks World Cup campaign. Perhaps not at the level they would have liked to at first, but obviously still now they can get a sense and a taste of that, which must be a, a nice thing for you to be able to tell Canterbury and Christchurch residents that will happen. Yeah, I hope so. And I just, you know, I'm just really determined and making sure that the time we do spend down here allows, you know, some real um, connections for them with the team. And um, so it's going to be really important that we that we work, you know, um, with, the, with the local people to ensure that we do do something. There's no point just coming down here and hiding away in training. We've got to come down here and really make a positive impact for the people and ensure they get they get something from it. And, you know, hopefully their positiveness around us being there will, will help us and, you know, spur us on... Um, through the tournament as well. You said you're still going through the process of sorting out or, or arranging exactly what you will do to connect with the Cantabrians and the Christchurch residents and, and rugby fans down there, but any ideas as to what you might do? Not really, uh, it's still very early. I mean, we, uh, the last, last year we, right through the country, ran some pretty significant community events uh, that the whole team was involved in, involving you know rugby activities like Ripper Rugby for Kids and, and all sorts of things. And um, a lot of our um, commercial partners as well are, uh, are doing you know big campaigns to have the country support the team, and they they're right behind helping us with those sort of things. So I just I think the thing we've learned really with interacting with the community is that you've got to really make it meaningful connections. It's it's no point just inviting five thousand people to a training session and, and one kid might get one autograph, you know, and that's as close as they get to the team. So we really want to try and build activities that are much uh, more meaningful when we get closer to them. Last we spent a lot of time visiting schools and clubs. You know, on a smaller sort of level, and the players coming into classrooms and reading with kids, and just things like that, where they really get a you know unique opportunity. So, as I said, there's lots of ideas out there, and I guess it's just trying to come up with the one that can, or the one or two things that can impact on the most people in the period of time that we've got here. The All Blacks manager Darren Shand. This is Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Joe Porter. The Warriors have made a less-than-auspicious start to the 2011 NRL season, losing their opening two games to the Eels and Tigers. Ivan Cleary's side were tipped by many as potential grand finalists, but so far the Auckland-based side have struggled to recapture the formidable form they showed during the pre-season. Richard Wayne asked captain Simon Mannering about what the Warriors need to do to get themselves back on the winner's podium when they take on the reigning NRL champions, the St George Dragons, at Mount Smart Stadium this Sunday afternoon. Yeah, very disappointing to um, start the year with two losses. Uh, but yeah, I guess you can't take that back now. And you know, just hoping to, I guess, play to our potential on the weekend. Um, I think we've probably showed glimpses of it in the first game and probably none of it in the second game. So um, just play to the potential that we can and, and hopefully that ends in a good result. What do you think's um, been behind the uh, you know this this start? Um, like there's been a sort of a, a poor completion rate, I guess, and and some 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 sort of basic uh, errors across the park. You guys, your preseason went great. It's sort of um, surely that that form is there, waiting to be tapped into. Just wonder what you've got to do to get that back. Yeah, it's, it's definitely just down to the um, basic errors and um, the holding on to the ball enough, and when we do the ball, uh, not sticking to what we know what works. So. Yeah, it's um it's definitely a mystery and all that. And um you know, we definitely have you know, a good good game of footy in us it's just a matter of putting it on the field and um yeah, training's definitely been a lot better this weekend this week, sorry, and 
I'm just need to take that out onto the weekend. Taking on, obviously, the uh, reigning uh, premiers, uh, the Sharks last week, um, I, I guess they, they showed a way to beat, uh, you know, to beat uh, St. George if, if, you know, if, if you can put that sort of forward pressure on, I guess. Would, would you take anything out of um, that example from the Sharks? Yeah, they, they definitely didn't do anything, um, anything special. They just defended really, really strongly and, and carried the ball very well and, and good things came off the back of that. So, yeah, it definitely showed that um, you know, they're not unbeatable and, and just a simple game plan. Um, they put together effectively on the field, uh, worked well and, and it got them two points. So, um, yeah, we definitely need to get our, uh, our own areas in order and, and everyone know their job and, and just take it onto the field. I guess that it's almost like what the Eels did to you. Only it was just more brutal from the um, the Sharks. It was really quite impressive from you know an outfit that everybody had written off. And I suppose people are sort of um, you know has have, has the media. Does it feel like you know you're under siege? Uh, even though it's only two games into the season, does it feel like you know the, the media's turned on you? Uh, you know from where it was before the Eden Park game. Um, yeah, probably not really. Everybody don't really look into the media too much, but. You know, obviously, you know, we were probably talked about having a having a good team and, and whatnot this year, and um, you know, it, it definitely doesn't count for much um, until you get on the field and it's shown. Um, you know, we haven't performed um, at all so far, um, but it's, it's definitely saying you know, one thing saying that we have a good side, and another thing actually, you know, playing playing like a good side. So um, we we have to uh, work hard this week, and I think we've done done that very well, and. Um, Go to the game and just just play to the potential that we can and and uh, hold on to the ball, do the simple things well, and defend well, and um, not worry about the end result too much. But just get that, that, that those sort of things in order, and and the rest of it will uh, take care of itself. Bo Scott is is the latest forward to be missing for the Dragons. They've also got um, it says here Michael Wayman and Dean Young out. So I guess their forward pack, you know, they might be um, a little bit underdone. And, and you, you guys and in, in, in the Warriors forwards, you know, should be able to perhaps look at um, exploiting that. Yeah, they do have uh, there are a couple of key guys missing in their pack, but I'm saying now I'm sure whoever they bring in will uh, we look to improve a point themselves. And um, so I guess they won't be losing too much there. And, yeah, they are the um, world club champions and and the uh, the winners from last year, premier winners from last year. So um, you know they're going to have good depth in their squad, and whoever they bring in is going to do a job for them. So yeah, they're definitely a very clinical side, and I'm sure they'll be looking to bring that this weekend. So we'll definitely have a match them in that department. And finally, um, James Maloney returns, and the only change for you guys, I guess, that's a show of faith from uh, Ivan Cleary that you know you, you, saying to you guys, look, you know, you've uh, you, you can get out there and, and prove yourselves this week. Yeah, definitely, it's um, it is a show of faith, and now as players, we have to repay that faith and perform the know the way we know we can. So um, definitely, let us slip last weekend, and you know, definitely have to get it right this weekend to us. You know, our, our guys that are the below the squad are playing very well in the, in the Vulcans and um, you know you won't get too many more chances like this throughout the The Warriors captain Simon Mannering. The New Zealand National Track and Field Championships get underway in Dunedin on Friday with Olympic 1500 metres silver medalist Nick Willis and Beijing gold medalist shot putter Valerie Adams headlining the event. Young shot put star junior world champion Jack O'Gill will also be in action and Murray Williams spoke to Athletics New Zealand's high performance manager Terry Lomax about what the championships mean for New Zealand's elite track and field athletes. It's very important for some, it's less important for others, for the, for the likes of uh, Valerie Adams, Nick Willis and Stu Farquhar, they're 
you know, pretty much assured of places in the World Championship. So this is, a, you know, isn't a qualifying quest, but uh, for some other athletes who are outside it, then this, you know, it's a very important competition. Who would be in that category? Um, well, we've got someone like Ben Newdick, although he's done um, a performance that's virtually assured him of a World Championships. This is a build-up because he's got a decathlon in May, which he's looking at to do, do a big qualifying performance. So, you know, performing well over his uh, four events that he's doing here, four or five events he's doing here, um, you know, is, is quite vital in his build-up. And what about Nick Willis in the 5,000 metres? Well, I think an indication of, of the type of training that he's doing and, and where competition fits into his uh, current training focus and I think that's the real reason why he's done it. I think he made a comment about not really wanting to um, drop down from his training loads to try and compete well in the 1500 and it was far better for him to maintain what he's doing training wise um, but he could still run the 5000 metres. And Nikki Hamlin's got, uh, what, the 800 and the 1500 um, titles to defend. She'd be pretty sure bet for that, wouldn't she? Yes. I mean, the interesting thing is that the major competitions, aren't, well, in senior events, aren't amongst seniors. Um, they're actually amongst juniors, but uh, someone like uh, Nikki you know, should, should comfortably take out both races um, and, and her main uh, competition, if you call it competition for her at the moment, are all underage athletes who are going to be battling it out in the in the women's 19, 800 metres. Jacko, you're speak, speaking of uh, juniors, I see Jacko Girls going from the five pound to the six pound shot, so he'd be uh, be worth keeping an eye on him too, I guess. Well, yeah, the big um, shot book showdown is actually going to be the, the men's 19 uh, shot book because Tom Walsh, who did uh, his first throw of 18, is with a 7.26 um, Last week to get second in Sydney is up against Jacko, who's who's got a PB of eighteen fifty odd in the with the seven two six, and they're both meeting with the six kg. So that should be that should be one of the highlights of the weekend. Indeed, and the um, was that the thing I was thinking on in Sydney? I see Liz Lamb got a uh, a pretty good result, one point eight two, was it? Yes, I mean the, the height wasn't uh, she wasn't pleased with the height, but she was very pleased to to win an Australian Grand Prix. And of course, she's not the title holder at the moment. The title holder is Sarah Cowley, but I think Liz is quite determined to to make sure that she gets that uh, senior title back and and with a high jump. Yeah, she's a pretty determined young lady from my knowledge of her. So. Yes, yeah, very much, and she's trained very well this season. And um, yeah, I think she's she's looking very good. Athletics New Zealand's high performance manager Terry Lomax. And that's the show for this week. Feedback is welcome via sport at radionz.co.nz. You can get the latest sports news anytime on our website, while we'll be back with the next web-only Extra Time show next week. I'm Joe Porter. Bye for now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.